0: Welcome to Launchpad, a Techglass podcast which reveals what is needed to scale a successful technology startup. In each episode, industry players such as entrepreneurs and investors will discuss one aspect of growing a technology company and offer practical advice for scaling your business. In this episode, we're joined by Colin Gray, founder of the podcast host Annalitu. The podcast host is a business which helps podcasts to launch, grow, and run their own show, while technology platform Elito is a simple tool for recording, editing, and publishing podcasts. Today, Colin and I will look at the rapid rise of podcasting into the mainstream. Consider the ways in which growing businesses can harness their power, offer tips around content, hardware and software, and discuss the findings of the Indie Pod Manifesto. Colin, how are you today? Yeah, great, thanks. How about yourself? Very good, very good. Very nervous. You know, as a fledgling podcast host, interviewing the podcast host is a a tough gig. So I'm looking forward to learning some some tips myself. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, first of all, let's just kind of set the scene um, for podcasting, you know, the history of it without going into too much detail. Because people obviously now know it because it's in the mainstream, you know, but that's not always been the case, has it?
1: no not at all no i mean it was a pretty techy weird little <laughs> niche thing back in what 2004 2005 when it started um back in the day when you had to have a, an mp3 player transfer all the files across manually and like sync them all by yourself it was just yeah it was pretty difficult back in the day but yeah definitely uh, easier now certainly
0: <laughs> well, this is it i remember sort of going into iTunes, updating it, getting the Guardian Football Weekly, for example, one of the yeah. early ones, downloading it to the iPod. You had to jump through some hoops, whereas now you're cooking your tea in the evening or your dinner, depending on where you live, and you just say, you know, Alexa, at the risk of turning Alexa on, Alexa, you know, play my, my favourite podcast. It's dead simple, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, I think it was the apps that came along. It was a whole whole range of things that helped uh, just to make it much easier to listen to. And it was just, yeah, it was really good. Yeah, it made it much simpler.
0: Now you can now hear <laughs> you can hear Alexa in the background playing <laughs> why did I do that hopefully she's going to stop talking any moment now we'll see well yeah anyway you know forget about Alexa for a moment when was that inflection point you know leading to that popularity that we see today
1: yeah it was kind of it was a slow steady growth um very slow really between that kind of launch point 2004 right up to about 2014 or so and there was a couple of things happened that year it was both actually within kind of a month of each other one of which of which was apple launched ios 8 so ios 8 came out on the um the iphone and that made apple podcasts actually a a mandatory app on the phone so suddenly everyone that had ios everyone that had an apple um apple phone they had a podcast app like they are by default on their phone that was a big deal actually because it meant that whenever i went to an event and people asked me what i do i could say oh i do podcasts and they're like oh what's a podcast no like, oh show me your phone and usually often at these events people have an apple phone and i could just pull up the app right away so that made a big difference actually rather than have to ask them to install something new but a month later as well there was a podcast have you heard of the podcast serial at all i certainly have
0: the first yeah. the first season was about you know so there was a serious subjects about is an investigation into whether a person who was convicted of murdering his girlfriend in in America um, yeah. while they were at school, whether he did it or not. So the the hosts interviewed the person because they had none. I believe his name was. Um,
1: Adnan,
0: yeah, yeah, behind you know behind bars, and yeah. you know that case is continued. It's so interesting that case is actually continuing. Yeah. Post podcast, yeah, and yeah. and the second one as well. about Afghanistan was amazing. So yeah, yeah. But, yep. that was a different format, wasn't it? It was kind of like telling a story, the investigation going on a winding trail.
1: Yeah, they changed it up a little bit in terms of format, first and second season, but that first season just went absolutely haywire. It was um, the first real mainstream podcast. It, It went and it got in all the media, it got hundreds of millions of views listens even and it was just it just went crazy and that was those two things together really you know the fact that people suddenly heard about this podcast that was in all of the media and there was a really easy way to listen that really tipped it over the edge and the growth since end of 2014 into the start of 2015 has been much more you know rapid um, and steady uh, and really kind of um, awareness of it as well to where we point nowadays you've got 80 90 percent of people in surveys know what a podcast is and have had a listen so that's much better <laughs>
0: Well, I guess it also gave rise to the genres, right? You know, true crime being the obvious one there. Yeah, because before yeah. that, I guess, you know, I've you know, talked about the Guardian Football Weekly. It's basically a panel show, you know, where journalists from the Guardian would get together and discuss, you know, the, the football matches from the weekend or those that are coming up. Um, and then you had maybe radio shows that kind of packaged up. that. It was, it was always kind of replicating radio, but in, yeah. but in a podcast format. But with, with this, you suddenly had this... I mean, the amount of production that goes into a show like that, you're talking like panorama-style production where, you know, months if not years of effort goes in to produce this, this kind of series of episodes that just hooks people in. And 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 now, for example, if I'm going on holiday to France, we put our podcast on, we find a podcast, often a true crime podcast, and we'll go on that winding journey. And you know, the, the miles fly by, the hours fly by, yeah. you don't even notice, right?
1: That's really cool. Yeah, yeah, totally. It just introduced the I don't know, the fact that it can be really professional. Like even before that, still now to an extent you have this appearance that podcasts are, you know just a bunch of guys in their basement or a bunch of girls in their basement just talking about like random subjects um and just chatting and it's like mostly nonsense but that just kind of introduced the fact that people spend a lot of time in these and it's an art form and it can be really polished and great quality and really engaging and yeah the shows these days like so much more work goes into many of them But even the ones that don't, even the ones that are still just conversations, actually, people tend to be more polished, be a bit more structured around what they talk about, that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it just kind of changed the perception of podcasting, too.
0: Let's talk a little bit more about your good self and the businesses that you run. So the podcast host we've mentioned, and then obviously your lead to, you're a serial entrepreneur now, but you've got a tech background, haven't you?
1: Yeah, that's right. I uh, I started out really in in web design and um, did my uh, master's in how to, uh, you know, interactive media and stuff like that. So in the early days, I was creating websites for people, just playing around with content, all that kind of stuff. And I never got kind of really deep down the coding rabbit hole, but I can at least talk that language to our engineers these days, which is quite useful.
0: <laughs> how and why did you get into the podcast space then? How you know, where did, How did that come about?
1: I ended up teaching at a university in Edinburgh and i initially taught web design interactive media animation that kind of stuff but uh, eventually i kind of i ended up teaching how to teach with that technology so i was kind of a little bit meta like how to how to educate using technology and uh, so a few years into that journey, I just started exploring this this fancy new tech that I'd heard about. My boss actually came along to me and told me about it, this thing he'd heard about called podcasting. Uh, that was about 2007. Um, and I was asked to look into it, essentially. So I spent the next year or so investigating, learning and creating courses around it. And I ended up teaching a course at that university for about four or five years where I just taught lecturers how to podcast, how to set one up and how to use it as a teaching tool. So that was kind of where it all started. That that kind of journey was ended up with me writing a lot about podcasting on my own site, just as a hobby, just like the stuff I was learning about. And that website, that separate one, thepodcasthost.com became kind of the basis of the business we're on today.
0: Go on then, delve into your your lecture notes. Give me a a flavour of of what those early lectures said. How, how, How did people use podcasts to benefit?
1: Oh, they were, I mean, yeah, very less polished, certainly, than what we do these days. But as an educational tool, it's just, it's really good because a lot of the power of podcasting, and this applies to businesses too, a lot of the power of it is the fact that you can kind you can really connect with people on a personal level with podcasts. It's kind of there's something about being directly in people's ears, you know, through their headphones, there's no barrier of the screen in between you, you know. This kind of you know, when you're watching a video, there's something around putting people on a pedestal with a video, in a sense, there's a lot more polish and visuals and all that kind of stuff. But when someone's just talking directly into your ears, there's something much more personal, much more intimate, and that really grows kind of intimacy, it grows trust, it grows um, real kind of fandom as well. And so if you're a lecturer talking to students, you know, it's kind of something that's really engaging, building that relationship. If you're a business, it helps you grow trust with customers because you're showing a bit of a behind the scenes, you know, who you are as a human, your personality, about your values, your, you know, how you think essentially. And, you know, it's the old cliche, people buy from people, don't they? So, If you can show the humans behind that brand that you run, then you can sell more. You can build that trust that sells more products. And podcasting just is a really great way to do that. partially because of that personality, because of that engagement, it grows. But partially as well, the length of time you get with people. And that's a lot about the context in which people listen. Again, video, one of the downsides is it can be really high impact. But the downside is that it's really low attention. You're lucky if you can get people to watch more than a couple of minutes of a YouTube video but with podcasting people listen for 30 minutes for an hour or more you know there's 3 hour podcasts that people listen to every single minute of because they're listening while they're in the car or while they're washing their dishes or while they're walking the dog so it gets this kind of use in otherwise wasted time. And again, back to the education, that was a great way to use it because students could listen on the bus on the way into lectures when they might not sit down and do their study at home. And similarly, if you're a busy executive or somebody who's potentially a customer of your business out there, they might be too busy to listen, to to watch content, but they'll listen in the car or walking or whatever. So There's that combination of the engagement, the personality, and the length of time that people spend with you just grows such trust, such personality, such engagement that these people become a fan of your content. And therefore, when they want to buy something similar to what you do, you're the first person they come to.
0: There you go. If you're watching the YouTube version of this podcast, stop and go straight (laughs) to To, to one of our audio boom channels <laughs> Spotify, available on all good platforms. And you're right, though. I mean, Host Red Ads is a good example, right, where, you know, I, I, we you know, it works on YouTube videos too, where when the host is reading out a, a – so, for example, I listen to or I watch um, a YouTube channel called The Angry Video Game Nerd, which has been going for years, and when he tells me to use a certain VPN product, my ears pick up and I take notice, right, because yeah. it's not – you don't just gloss over – the the kind of the promotion which is just sort of put in, in between sections actually that's the person connecting and say look you know when i was training for the london marathon earlier this year you know we, we listening to marathon podcasts and he was saying oh i use these particular headphones they're really good they're waterproof they're outside your ears blah 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 and you think oh do you know what i'll check those out it really works doesn't it connecting it and advertising is quite an important part can you tell me a little bit more then about kind of the, the podcast host and 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 also a lead to and the kind of clients that you work with
1: yeah sure i mean it really did start off as just me writing about the stuff i was really kind of digging into um a lot of it was around the tech in the early days like what mic to choose what mixers to choose that kind of stuff uh, and then it was onto software and platforms like what hosting platforms to use how to edit all that kind of stuff so I was lucky enough just kind of maybe a bit of right place right time um as well as just kind of writing a lot so i got better at it over time as well that that grew a decent audience um and we had a few hundred thousand people looking at that site every month just trying to learn how to run a podcast so early days, we did a lot of education, a lot of training, a lot of courses. We still do a lot of that these days as well. Um, and just teaching people how to do it, really. So that's kind of, that's the, the podcasthost.com. That's the site there that just has all that content on it. Um, and then from that, we kind of d- decided to try and look at other products we could create. <clears throat> and one of the biggest questions we were always asked was around that editing. It's the editing that really kind of drives people crazy. It's the time that it takes. It's the technological stuff behind it. It's the kind of, you know, how to learn, how to work with um, audio from EQ to compression to um, all this kind of stuff that just, you know, if you're just a content creator, you shouldn't have to care about. So we decided to create a bit of software that would try and get around all that and automate as much as we could. And that's really what became Alitu. Um, just as a way to try and solve that problem that people kept asking us through the content we wrote. So, Ality started out just as an editing platform. You could upload your audio and then you could cut out your mistakes. It would do automatic audio cleanup, like it would do the noise reduction, the EQ, all that kind of stuff. But it grew in that we added in um, even better audio cleanup and then call recording. Uh, so, you can record your calls right in there. Uh, then we had transcriptions in there and eventually added hosting as well. So these days, Alitu is a tool that does the whole gamut from the very start to the finish, everything you need to do a podcast, from recording to editing, right through to hosting.
0: I recommend the podcast. So, you know, it's a real community of, of sort of uh, podcasts. What would you call them? Kind of solopreneurs or, or people? Yeah. Hobby, can... Hobbyists turning their podcast into a business or, or just yeah. hobbyists as well, I guess.
1: Yeah, there's a big mix. Actually, there's a lot of people who are just really passionate about what they talk about, just hobbyists with no interest of in going further. But there's a big group of them who are people who want to earn a living out of talking about their passion. Like you're talking about the the angry video gamer there. So just talking about video games and you can suddenly start turning some income from it mm-hmm. um, right up to businesses. Yeah, like proper brands that are trying to put a bit of personality and, um, you know, an engagement behind the branch or the humans there. So, yeah, huge mix, actually.
0: Yeah, if anyone goes to watch the Angry Video Game Nerd, he's been going for, for many years, but is very sweary. So just just be aware <laughs> that there's going to be a lot of <laughs> Although, four-letter words spoken on that podcast, so I apologize. <laughs> You've seen both good and po- bad podcasts firsthand, no doubt. What should businesses think about when they're approaching cre- the creation of a show?
1: I mean, the biggest mistake that business podcasts make is just simply trying to sell their products um so you get on there and you just talk about what you do all the time i the real kind of way to grow an audience around that though is to find some kind of sideline is to think about really what type of people you're trying to attract so any good business will know really well who their target audience is who their ideal customer is they'll know if they've done the research like what the biggest problems that that customer have is like just think about the questions that customers ask when they come into your shop or when they come onto your website or however you contact those customers, what are the questions they ask? Now, those questions are what make a good podcast because the people that want to buy your product, they're obviously starting their journey with those questions. So if you can be there and answer those questions for them when they're early in their journey, whether they're later or down the line as well, then you're the one that they get to know along that journey. You're the one that grows that trust. And then eventually when they are ready to buy, spend money on something, you're the one that's there offering them a solution. So podcasts for businesses really work well. If you're a coach, you're a trainer, you're there to really support. You give away a whole ton of value by answering all those questions on your podcast or your content at WIDE. And then eventually they come to you because they know you, because you talk about your product just, you know, subtly. And amongst it all, you say who you're, where you're from. You have your brand in there in places, and you don't need to do the hard sell because they know you. As they go along, they get to know you even deeper, and they know that you're the one to come to when they want to buy something.
0: But how would you go and market a business podcast? Then this is a reader question that came in. You now, what mm-hmm. tips have you got for marketing that business podcast? So, just trying to reach the maximum audience.
1: Yeah. I mean, one of the biggest places to start is that question research. It's it's SEO in a nutshell. So search engine optimization really is based around questions and it's knowing the right questions to answer. So if you've done that research, you know, the top 10, 20 questions that your customers ask, you answer them. And you create a good page for every single one of those questions. Now you can embed your, there's lots of different ways you can do this. You create your own website, no doubt, for your brand, for your business. But you embed those podcast episodes into that. You start to use the content you recorded in those episodes um, to build out a great blog post around it. People will find you really simply that way. They'll type into Google and because you're creating good, valuable content, you'll start to appear. So that's definitely the first big one. It's that question research really. And then next I mean communities are actually a really good way to go about it as well because you're you're putting out great content you're answering questions you're solving problems offering value many businesses have communities that they can contribute to and actually, you know, be a part of and offer some value as well. So getting in there and contributing to, you know, if you're a um, a hardware store, you go along and you join a DIY community and you start answering some questions and you're just giving away free, valuable information. Then you grow a reputation there. You can include some of your episodes over time. You know, once you've built that trust, you can include some of your content and then eventually you develop that reputation that people end up coming to your podcast. You grow more fans of your show and then they come to you when they want to buy your stuff. So that's kind of a couple of the really good um, sort of starting points, certainly.
0: Yeah, I'm thinking back to YouTube videos about how to change a mountain bike chain, that kind of thing, right?
1: <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, you tell them how to do it, then they're going to come to you when they mess up uh, to get you to fix it.
0: <laughs> yeah, that instructional stuff works really well on YouTube because it's a visual as well. Is there kind of a place for instructional stuff on, on audio as well? Or is that more yeah no is-
1: yeah tons absolutely tons yeah i mean anything that's kind of informational anything that's technology, um, that's technique that's you know tactics all of that kind of stuff like one of the biggest um niches certainly in podcasting that's always done well is marketing so people talking about how to grow a business or how to um you know market yourself on social media or you know all of these things are really just uh you can talk about them you can talk about techniques tactics case studies tell stories about what's worked what hasn't so there's some things that are quite visual, but I actually have rarely come across a business that can't create something really good that's just audio only.
0: Yeah. I mean, for example, we've, we've launched by one of the things we're trying to do is create that evergreen content, if you like, where people can access it over time. So however many hits one of our early videos gets in the early stages, actually, there's there's more value to that content long term than maybe looking at the the day's tech news or the week's tech news where you know, maybe Elon Musk said something about Twitter and it moves on very, very quickly. Whereas how to create a good business podcast will, will kind of stand the test of time and be more discoverable over a long period.
1: Yeah, that's really key, actually. Really key in that, you know, this stuff, so many businesses invest in social media, for example. They spend so much time creating TikToks or, or spending time on Twitter or creating LinkedIn posts, all of which disappear after like a day, hours even sometimes. Um, Whereas this evergreen content, it does take longer sometimes to grow a bit of traction around it, but it's there forever. Uh, I mean, we, so a lot of our traffic comes from on our site, on the podcast host comes from our top 10 to 20 posts. We have 900 plus posts, nearly a thousand posts, on our website, but a lot of the traffic comes from those top 20. That's quite normal. It's like the 80 20 rule, but amplified by miles. It's like the 99 to 1 rule. Um, but those posts, a few of them I wrote 12 years ago. <laughs> Started out in like 2010, 2011. I've updated them many times over the years, but those posts have stood the test of time and have become the basis for a whole business. So it's that evergreen content is just so valuable and it's so worth spending time on. It does take a little while to kick in. It's not a quick process, but it's building yourself an asset over time.
0: Yeah, that's the power of Google, isn't it? Over time, it can kind of, we've seen that with instructional stuff. We did an investigation into Facebook Mm. a long time ago, and it was some of the sidebars where things like, or side stories were talking about whether you could see if someone had, seen your Facebook profile, how to do that. And, you know, the traffic that that accrues over time because people say, how can I, (laughs) I'm just Googling, how can I find out who's been in my Facebook profile? So that kind of stuff, even though it's a very serious subject and, and, you know, and Mm. we talk to people and experts and, and try to figure this stuff out. You know, people were coming to that more than over a period of time and they were coming back to a company's raised investment, for example. So, yeah. yeah,
1: this,
0: this is the part of the podcast where we ask you for your rocket fuel. So if you, mm-hmm. a few quick-fire tips for companies looking to launch a successful podcast. So you may be rehashing some of what you've already said, condensing it down. But, yeah, if you're going to offer me however many you think, two, three, five, however many tips you would like.
1: Yeah. No, there's a f- there's a there's three things probably that are like a, the key <sighs> – common things that i see in shows that work really well just like when they kick off one is simple gear for a start there's so many shows get bogged down by actually trying to overcomplicate things they think that they need to go straight in with like a a thousand pound microphone mixer um like three mic setup or something like that but actually it just causes so much faff and the setup and things break and you know you don't know the right settings to use and all that kind of stuff so the best thing you can do in the early days is really just buy yourself a decent USB mic plugs into your computer and just go and keep it really simple in terms of the gear. And in a similar sense, the second one would be around recording as well. People tend to overcomplicate that as well. Like they, they start recording and they keep overthinking the things they've said, the little mistakes they've made, all that kind of stuff. I often think of it about uh, as having a live mindset around recording, like pretend when you hit that record button, that you're actually doing a live webinar or a live radio show or something like that. You've got half an hour, an hour to speak, maybe even shorter, So whatever you take to do your show. And you're just going to go. And any mistakes, you just like say, oh, sorry, that's not what I meant to say. Or, oh, I stumbled over my words. That's fine. And you just forget about it and you just keep going. And that is the best way to learn how to be a great presenter fast. Because as soon as you realize that you're not getting to use editing as a crutch you start thinking more about your ums and your as you notice those crutch words you start to take your time a bit more and relax because you realize that's kind of what helps you to speak really effectively and so that live mindset actually makes a a huge difference and then the final one is actually in the editing as well like that live mindset translates into your editing because you really should just keep that as simple as you can. Um, use automated software if you can, like whether it's our software or others, there's other solutions out there too. Like you can get the audio, you know, the audio cleanup done automatically. You can get your Alito ads in your theme music at the start and the end. It helps you cut out the mistakes, all that kind of stuff. Like Use those tools to do the techie bit so that you can concentrate on the, on the, the content. And don't over-edit it either. Just get it out there. And I often find within the first 10 episodes, people have improved so much if they follow those techniques because you're thinking so much more about the content, you're not using editing as a crutch, and you just get better so quickly. So there's a there's a few tips really to kind of get those first 10 episodes under your belt and move forward from there.
0: So I think this is episode seven of Launchpad and Demystifying Tech combined. So Give me a mark out of cool. ten. I am not <laughs> expecting more than a, more than a five. <laughs> Give me a mark no, out I 10 mean, 10. I mean,
1: the biggest thing that makes a good interview show is just keeping it conversational, keeping it, you know, a bit of humor in there, not taking it too seriously. So, no, it's yeah, absolutely. Give you a solid, solid seven or an eight for sure.
0: Oh, lovely. Thanks so much. Have we got any hardware tips as well? I've got a a Logitech. I mean, obviously, we're we're going to recommend LE2, you know, for distribution of your podcast and and using some of those tools. But if you've got, you know, I've got a Logitech HD camera that only cost me like 60, 70 quid, I think. I've got a Blue Yeti mic and a pop stand from Amazon for like seven quid. Blue Yeti Mm -hmm. was like maybe 80 quid, maybe. You know, what what tips have you got hardware-wise?
1: Yeah, sure. My two favourite mics, different um, budgets. If you've got maybe £60, £70, there's one called a Samson Q2U. So Samson Q2U great little handheld mic that works as usb but actually has xlr and stuff in the back if you ever want to use it with pro gear in the future um great quality little mic there and then if you want an upgrade the one i'm using in front of me right now is the rode podcaster so the rode podcaster is a really good usb mic um a real upgrade into quality as well it's about 120 130 so a wee bit more but uh yeah great mic altogether.
0: Okay then let's finish with a little bit of uh, you know who you are Colin Gray. You now tell me something about yourself which might surprise me. I uh, I don't know i one of the I
1: suppose um in my early days I was um I had a real dream to be a, a pilot. So I've got my pilot's license. So I uh, I used to fly a lot actually. Um I haven't done it in a little while but I keep meaning to get back up and uh, do some gliding actually that's my next plan. So yeah, uh, not only podcasting but I like to uh, fly a plane from now to uh, from time to time. <laughs>
0: Jumbo jets or just just sort just of just little... little
1: ones, just little <laughs> ones, yeah, little uh, little um, Cessna one five twos, but yeah, potentially gliders in the future. I always think that'd be quite fun, nice and peaceful.
0: <laughs> is that is that kind of you know getting away from running the business on a weekend, blue skies, just getting up and and because I spoke to somebody from the business growth hub and they they talked about scuba diving, and she said oh, actually sure. when you're when you're scuba diving. You can't think about anything else. You're just thinking about how much oxygen you've got. And it's it's a very peaceful environment. Now, it's it's slightly different, but it's pretty much the same, right? Blue sky, looking at the dials, thinking about where you're going. You know, making sure that you know where you're going to land if you're on course, et cetera. Is that, yeah, is that absolutely. A fair that's exactly,
1: yeah. I think that's exactly it. anything that gets you into flow. Like, I, I do even more, more likely, I'll be out on a bike, so mountain biking, for example, and you're coming down a, a trail quite fast, having fun. Um, and you can't do anything but focus on the very sort of couple of meters in front of you. So, there's something about that just like clears your mind. It's like it's meditation, but active. So, yeah, yeah, definitely something about that.
0: 100 percent i've got on the mountain bike quite a lot in lee quarry which is in in our oh, part nice. of lancashire yeah, yeah, if, yeah if you're yeah. ever down in lee quarry way lancashire way it's definitely worth going up there cool. you know, disused quarries you know they filmed peaky blinders up there it's, it's very picturesque mm-hmm. but yeah. like you say very 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 quiet and when you're coming down one of the, the black trails yes pay attention <laughs> because if you come off, you're in trouble <laughs> take a mobile phone
1: yeah absolutely
0: but, <laughs> listen, it's been an absolute pleasure i've learned an awful lot i hope the audience have too. and yeah I will uh, I'll catch up with you soon. Thanks. Thanks thanks, Colin. thanks
1: thanks. for having me on. Cheers. Cheers.
0: We've had some great tips today from Colin, uh, sharing his thoughts and his tips on on creating and launching a business podcast. Um, you know, whether it's the practical tips around uh, equipment, whether it's platforms such as AliTo, community such as the podcast host, and just thinking very carefully about how you launch a podcast, how you market that podcast, what's the reason for doing that podcast? If you've got any feedback on today's episode, I'd like to share your thoughts on podcasting. Contact us on LinkedIn or Twitter at Stroke X or comment on the video episode of this podcast on YouTube. You can also drop us an email at podcasts at businesscloud.co.uk. If you enjoyed the episode and found it useful, please like and subscribe on your preferred platform, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, and more to be among the first to hear insights from renowned entrepreneurs and investors. Thank you for listening and see you soon. Launchpad is a TechBlast podcast produced in partnership with pan-European B2B tech, PR and communications agency Taito. New episodes are streamed on TechBlast's YouTube, LinkedIn and Twitter pages from 12pm on the final Friday of every month. Or you can find all episodes on YouTube and all major audio podcast platforms. Subscribe now so you never miss an episode.